The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Beyond and hello, everyone. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 635 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show. As you might have guessed from our setup currently, or if you've been watching any other IGN content this week, we're not at the studio. Uh, We are, of course, at home as we all are in San Francisco and abiding by the uh, shut-in-place. I don't know the exact terminology for it, but uh, we are all in our homes. We're all broadcasting live together. Uh, and thank you all for joining us as we're doing this episode live because, of course, we have a lot of stuff and, I think, feelings and thoughts to talk about the big PS5 tech reveal that happened earlier today. So, without further ado, I'm joined by Brian Altano. Hello. Max Scoville. Hey. And from an undisclosed location, our elderly Irish woman, Lucy O'Brien. Hello. How's everyone have, um, doing? I'm joined by my little friend, the Xenomorph. Aside oh. from the aside from the face hugger, Lucy, you look like a social worker. Like you ah. look like you're in a, a room it's, where like it's the children plant, have isn't to. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got like some coloring books in front of me. There's just like a motivational poster to your left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hang in there with a little cat. <laughs> Um, so yeah, why don't we jump right into, of course, the big PS5 tech reveal. I think that's what we're going to be talking about for the majority of this episode. Um, I have a lot of thoughts from people who responded, <clears throat> excuse me, on Twitter. And of course, everyone in the chat right now will read some of your thoughts as the episode goes on. But the big thing to talk about is Mark Cerny held a 50-ish minute discussion about the tech behind the PS5. Uh, there were no games shown. They did not show the box or the controller or release date or price, any of the biggest stuff that we're waiting for. But we did see a couple of major things, including some of the tech behind it. So I'll quickly go through some of that, even though it's a lot of numbers I don't quite fully understand, but we have a lot of resources on IGN to help you understand it. Um, So they confirmed that the GPU is an AMD Radeon RDNA 2-based graphics engine, uh, ray tracing acceleration, and it has variable frequency up to 2.23 gigahertz uh, with 10.3 teraflops, and we'll get to the big teraflop discussion in a little bit. Um, It has GDDR6 16GB system memory, 448GB of bandwidth per second, uh, a solid-state drive with 825GB and 5.5GB per second read bandwidth raw. Um, It will support PS5 game discs that are Ultra HD Blu-ray up to 100GB discs, uh, and the audio in it will be the Tempest 3D audio tech. So there was a lot in addition to all of those terminologies and discussion of some of the parts that are being involved in that 50-minute talk. And I think we'll break down some of the biggest points. But what was everyone's overall impression of this discussion? 
Um, I guess I'll start because this is weird and we can't really judge who's going to talk first. (laughs) I can call Um, out names. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I thought that it was, um, just knock my headphones off, this is great. Um, I thought that it was a, I mean, it was a very, very dry presentation uh, from Sony and I think that that was to be expected considering it was already like it was always going to be a GDC. So it was a very like, like I tweeted out, it was a very cut and dry GDC presentation. It was very much for developers. It was for, um, uh, it was kind of like a, here's how easy it is to develop on this system. Here's how easy it's going to be to develop on this system. That was the one, like the, the major message I got um, from a consumer side. I thought that the SSD stuff, like even though we already knew, a lot about the SSD. Well, we knew that it was going to have an SSD and that, you know, what SSDs are capable of. Um, that really excited me. Uh, the, 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 like, basically the fact that Sony said that they had to, like, in some games you're going to have to slow it down because it's actually too fast uh, is, is amazing. Um, I'm also really interested in the audio side of things, the 3D audio. I love the idea that uh, it can be so kind of immersive that it sounds like it's coming from the real world. Um, like those, I know I'm speaking really broadly. He went into really specific tech stuff, um, but from from my mind as a consumer and not um, not a video game developer, those are the things that stood out. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. I think it was interesting that like we we've been saying teraflops all year, and Mark Cerny made it sound like that's not really the best way to compare power. Um, just putting teraflops against each other. Uh, PS5 loses to Xbox Series X. Um, it has less of them, but uh, it's making up for it in other departments. I think it's like we're also seeing specs from both sides, which, which is essentially what they would look like overclocked, specific, specifically like the PS5. It's like this is how this will operate at max capacity, and mm-hmm. I don't know how often that's actually going to be used. The 3D audio thing's really interesting because they, they mentioned something about sort of like digging into it. It was like the capability of sending photos of your ears to Sony so they can get an, a better understanding of how exactly to cater sound specifically to them. And it reminded me of a couple of years ago at IGN, we had to get IFBs uh, fitted and this woman came in and filled our ears with like wax and like a hose <laughs> and basically created this thing that fits perfectly inside of our ear so that when a producer is yelling at us on a real show, if we ever have a video game convention again or anything like that, like the good old days, um, <laughs> We'll be able, it, it'll fit perfectly. It won't be falling out. I've, I've done live shows a bunch of times where this thing's falling out of my ear. Like the idea of like having a custom custom audio and a custom headphone or something like that that can interface properly with the PS5 outside of the customization of like a controller and your hardware and everything like that is really interesting. It's the kind of stuff that I don't ever think about when I think about the next generational leaps. It's something that far smarter people have to come up with. Because for me, I'm always just like games, graphics, loading times, frame rate. And for something like this, it's like, oh, this is very clearly a next step. This is something new. This is something interesting. And it's, it's, it's really awesome. Well, and it's funny you say, just right there, I want to point out, and then Max will get to you. Uh, he, You said, you know, when I think about the next gen, I think games, graphics, and we don't normally say games, graphics, sound, even though sound can be so right. important. And it sounds at least on the Sony side of things, and especially in Cerny's talk, one of the things he's most interested in is, I think, elevating sound, the discussion around sound in games to the level we talk about visuals and whether or not that happens, of course, 
we'll see where it goes. But Max, mm-hmm. how did you feel about the talk overall before so we? So I think that dig down. Sony kind of screwed up by not properly framing this as the GDC talk they were going to have for game developers. Um, yeah. A lot of people in the chat are kind of echoing this. I think uh, obviously this is not for us. This is not for press. This is not for consumers. This is not for fans. This is this is something that was made for people specifically who make video games and know how they're made and how you utilize technology to you know bring your dreams to life and whatnot. Uh, and I think it's really surprising that they didn't they didn't try to sort of like just disclose that sooner, you know, because most people don't know what GDC is. They're just like, hey, here's that big PlayStation 5 reveal you've been waiting for. Uh, I was kind of shocked that we didn't get like, they didn't have like anything, anything that had a little sizzle to it. Like we didn't have like a big, you know, like even just a cool motion graphic of like, hey, here's the new controller. Here's what the box looks like. Um, like right now, all we have is the the logo reveal from from CES. And then a whole bunch of stuff from Mark Cerny, who is awesome and like a brilliant, and we should listen to him, obviously. But like from a marketing standpoint, this feels like pretty much like putting the cart before the horse, and uh, like it felt like something got kind of slipped through the cracks, you know? Yeah the, yeah, the 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 timing on all of it is bizarre because we are we are starving for news on this thing, and this is not exactly what the mass market and and the general populace is looking for. It it made me think about like how. Like Ghost Ghostbusters isn't like the Egon movie, <laughs> you know. It's like <laughs> like Venkman's the star of Ghostbusters. Like Egon's awesome; he's integral. You need him there. But if he was talking for eighty percent of the film, people wouldn't remember it as fondly. Uh, it, it, this is like we we want we want all we have is like the dumbest thing in the world, which is the logo, and then the smartest thing in the world, which is this presentation. And I need something in the middle that's sort of just like this is how this applies. Like in English, Egon, you know, like this is the part where you're holding the controller. This is this is what the box looks like. We've seen so much from the Series X already, and we're still really in the dark with a lot of stuff on PlayStation. I agree. I think I think that there should have been a consumer friendly bridge uh, between the logo reveal and then a, a deep dive on the specs. Like I am pleased we got the deep dive on the specs. I'm pleased that we were invited to be part of that Um GDC talk that we probably wouldn't have seen otherwise or would have had to have like sought out on the vault. Um, but yeah, there definitely needed to be a bridge because I don't think that the the wording around this was clear enough for consumers. A lot of people did think that they were going to get a big PS5 reveal and that's not what they got. Yeah, yeah, I think for what this was meant to be, it succeeded on that, like what it was yeah. meant to be. For the developers who would have been in the room seeing this and not the four shadow puppet people they put up on the screen for the presentation. The those those weird silhouettes that were watching Mark Cerny, which was uncomfortable. That reminded me, they were real. Me like of, one uh, of them moved. Oh, did they yeah, really? But, I thought they were yeah. still. <laughs> yeah, I mean my, Michael Jordan also moved in Home Alone. You know, like that's like that's what it reminded <laughs> it was, me. Of. It was very home alone. Very Yeah, yeah it was like the the cardboard cutouts to to tell people that there's someone in the house. Yeah. It's I, also like I, 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 you don't even need that because we're we're no one's supposed to be within six feet of each other right now. So get just get them out of it. It makes me wonder when this was produced and how long they sort of had this planned. It's um, so weird. I mean, was that actually like was that actually Mark Cerny live or was that a VOD that they flipped the switch on to go live? You know, because he wasn't. They made they made him yeah. in dreams. I mean, it, if they were like, hey, we were so hard you know. to tell. It was so hard to yeah. tell, and it was also it was hard to tell because there was no address of like the current pandemic that is like the major focus of the world right now. I mean, like Mark Cerny even said, you know, when when the consoles released in holiday 2020, like he made a point of mentioning that. Um, and again, like I still think 
so everything is so up in the air right now, it struck me as as being filmed a little while ago. I mean, yeah, that, outside of that moment, you they could have filmed this the day they had the wire. Like this could have been the talk he gave to Wired a year ago. Yeah, and it, it, or you it know, could have not, been nothing. Filmed, yeah, it could have been filmed right after GDC was announced as canceled, which again wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough um, that you could sort of sense it. That the yeah, world's like, changed. Like, I, no, go Max. I think the most the most brutal thing I saw of this was somebody took a little screenshot of, of Mark Cerny and they they replaced the slide next to him with just like the text. This could have been an email, and realistically, <laughs> it, it could have. You know, like I don't understand why that needed to be why that needed to be a video. Like there wasn't even an, an emphasis on motion graphics or anything, and it feels like like it, anybody who's who's you know got the brains to. A, developed games can probably you know read a technical document so like yeah again, i mean what was not, the yeah not not to like keep you know patting microsoft in the back here but these companies are competing for time resources and more than ever money because who knows how much of that is going to be up in the air from most consumers by the end of, of 2020 this nightmare hell ride of a year but uh microsoft got the big loud dumb crap out of the way first they go here's the big tall box here's like here's the branding here's the name and everything like that here's blah 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 blah, blah. and then a couple of weeks later they were like oh by the way here's the specs here's all like the here's the nerdy back end stuff um i think sony could have really benefited from something like that here i think like the, the it's 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 good to have this message out there it's good to have these these facts out there um it the i, I feel like everything is out of order right now like yeah the, the, Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just even on that specs thing. I mean, we got that earlier this week with Xbox where they did specs, but they also did consumer friendly things alongside those specs. And like we are, it is crazy to me that there is that Spider-Man video comparing Spider-Man PS4 on the PS4 and on the PS5 technology that has never officially been released by Sony. The only video yeah. version we have of it is from someone doing an off-screen version of it from an investor's meeting. And like mm -hmm. that would have worked so well in this talk and they didn't have to show a new PS5 game. They didn't have to confirm a developer working on anything. That's a known product. Cerny has talked about too wired into other places and they could have easily put that in there. And then we at least get, here's a consumer friendly version of what he is saying. And even, yeah. even like, but even if you're focusing on developers, <laughs> just having that to be able to look at uh, yep. and to illustrate your point, because it's not like Cerny was, um, not wanting to impress exactly how fast this thing is. Uh, he was, you know, using a lot of big numbers and, and big words there. Uh, it would have gone a long way to have had that visualization for, for both parties. Absolutely. And so I want to dig down into some of the specifics of this, uh, just to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty of what we did like, maybe what excites us about what's coming for the PS5 and what we didn't love. So the first thing I do want to talk about, because it's been one of the biggest talking points for Xbox over this generation now into next and for PlayStation is backward compatibility. Um, so it, there was a little actual interesting bit of discussion we were having in the virtual office that we're all now in of when they were talking about backward compatibility as it stands right now, most of the top 100 most played PS4 games will be available to play at <coughs> launch on the PS5 in a backward compatible sort of legacy state that the PS5 can boost into. Uh, it actually has, the PS5 has boost modes that are sometimes too much for even the PS4 games to run. So it seems they are having to do a little bit of tech to get these games running on PS5. Um, but that's obviously a far cry from the difference of 
Xboxes, everything is backward compatible. They showed what Gears of War with 4K assets on Series X will look like. We're seeing a bit of a different messaging there. So how do you feel like they conveyed that? Do you feel like the you know difference in what Xbox and PlayStation is offering is going to be a big deal? Yeah, no, you totally nailed it. I think I think that they do need to make all of that language a little bit more clear. My ears perked up when they started talking about um, retrofitting backwards compatibility of not necessarily like emulating those original consoles, which is what the PS3 did for the PS2 to some extent for the the 60 gigabyte launch model. Um, but we we haven't really totally fully understood exactly how that's going to land come November when these systems come out. Um, and that's, that's, it, it's, it's it, like scratch the itch a little bit, but it's, it's not enough. Like we, you have 120 million plus PS4s in the wild, tens, tens of millions of copies of some of the, like their, their star softwares, like when and when and where, like, how does, does it just work on day one? Like, is it like what's exempt, you know, like we don't know yet. We don't know a lot. <laughs> it's frustrating. This, I mean, this whole this whole talk it left me with m- more questions than excitement. You know, mm. which is the, obviously the idea because I don't make games. But again, like, I don't, uh, ah, I don't know. It's kind of it seems like just kind of a mess right now. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. I, I think the the you know he really did stress that uh, backwards compatibility was a big deal, was a massive focus. Uh, the top 100 uh, PlayStation games will be playable at launch. Uh, and then basically because the library is, you know, much larger than that, there's going to be a, 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 a focus uh, to make sure that they're all eventually playable on the system. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not great in, compared to Microsoft's. Uh, everything is playable from the get-go. But, you know, in terms of backwards compatibility, it's not... It's not it's not being neglected is what I'm trying to say. It's right. better than this generation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I do also, um, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say it's, it, you know, we're, we're heading in, in to a couple of month window or like I said, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, I don't like, I, I'm a hardcore PlayStation fan. Everybody on the show is I, I would, I would have pre-ordered this system without ever seeing it or knowing anything about it. Uh, I, that is not the way most consumers work. And so, I don't think that anyone would have come out any like anybody who's on the fence, any sort of casual gamer, any any of the people that make up that 120 million people that it takes to create such a massive, you know, uh, ecosystem of of, of players. Uh, I don't think any single one of them would have watched this presentation today and been like, "That's it, 600 bucks goes to you because you that you got it, you totally nailed it." I am so hyped for that. I like, think. I, I think my biggest disappointment um, as someone who actually like was genuinely quite uh, impressed by that presentation, even though I, I guess because I'd been to GDC before and I sort of knew what to expect and I'd level set my expectations a bit. Um, I think the thing that frustrated me the most was, was when Mark Cerny said, you know, at the very end, he was like, and all the exciting things to come, I guess we'll just have to wait and see when they come out. And it's like, no, just give us like, give us a little bit more transparency to your roadmap. Mm-hmm. Don't use, don't use words like, I guess not at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I think, yeah, I think Microsoft has been doing a really good job of like messaging what they're trying to accomplish, what their goal was. They're in a position where they kind of do have to, you know, they, they have to catch up. Like they're, they're kind of second fiddle right now. Yeah. Um, but it seems like they really have done a good job of, of, <laughs> Like listen, listening to what consumers want, and just for Sony to come out and like 
I mean, this is sort of a weird opposite from, you know, the infamous like PS3 reveal where it's like, ah, oh, you'll just get a second job. It's $600. Go for it. In this case, it's like so far the other direction where it's almost like they forgot that this is a thing people might buy. Um, and like, yeah, it's a, this is a GDC talk, but the average consumer doesn't know what GDC is, let alone the things that get talked about in a, in a, a panel there. So it's I'm, like, I'm worrying if this is like straight up detrimental to people deciding what they want to buy this, this fall, if the big sort of initial reveal comes off like this. Because like, yeah. I mean, they had like, this was on, this was on Sony's channel. They had like 250,000 people watching live. Yeah. And that's, that's a channel people, people generally associate with like hardcore video games. They click on, they want it. They want to see trailers. They want to see gameplay. They want to see um, like the, the last time I've seen them do anything like this was like, they used to upload PSX panels and that's a, those are like sort of, like deep dives with the with the developers working on games or retrospectives, you know, like they had Neil Druckmann and and the cast of The Last of Us on there to talk a little bit about The Last of Us too. Like that's like that's what people want. Like I, there's that meme that's like you know finally some effing food, which is like, <laughs> like and everyone was saying that yesterday and like we didn't we didn't get that today. We got like wheat thins. You know, like we waited, we waited, we like waited at the restaurant. Down pumpkin broth. Yeah. And, you know, like that's like really, or like it's, we got a bunch of ingredients. Like they're yeah. like, here, this is, and it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think, I, I think they'll get there. I know they'll stick the landing with this system, this system. I think that like when it comes down to exclusive games, they'll do what they do best, which is blow Microsoft out of the water. They just will. Like I have no doubt about that. They have they have some of the greatest, most talented studios on earth. None of that message has been conveyed so far. None of that yeah. is here yet. The, this talk as uh, and again as lucy sort of said i i also sort of set my expectations in that this would be a gdc talk and as far as that was it was a very interesting gdc talk but as a thing that was put on the playstation youtube channel where we see the god of war trailers and horizon zero dawn's dlc reveals and mm -hmm. things like that it definitely didn't hold up to i think what a lot of us were expecting especially because like this is um, sort of talking about what they've done so far in comparison to Microsoft. Obviously, Microsoft is coming from that place of needing to show more. Like, they need to get ahead of PlayStation. That's just obvious in how this generation has gone out. But PlayStation, so far, visually, has had a CES conference where for three minutes they talked about PlayStation, showed a logo, and this. They have not shown yeah. anything else on video for PlayStation 5. And that's, it's mind-blowing because we're theoretically eight months away from these consoles launching. And it's, yeah. you know, two step. days, two, two days ago, Microsoft partnered with Digital Foundry, who are like the kings of tech breakdowns. They are some of like the smartest, nerdiest dudes on the entire Internet. They are like a full staff of of like ultra powered mech suit wearing Egons like these guys. They just get it. <laughs> and they partnered with them and they said, here's the specs. Here's the breakdown. Here's how that how that works. And people who associate uh, Digital Foundry for that type of communication found it there. Whereas people who go to PlayStation's channel found a book report, mm -hmm. which is like, they, you know, it, it's just not, it's mm -hmm. the timing's weird. The placement's weird. What's, Again, what's about we'll, get, is, we'll get there, but it's just not there yet. This doesn't feel like something that like, like if they, if they'd had this at GDC, inevitably the news about it would have gotten out to the public, but it wouldn't have been kind of put out there so forwardly. Uh, and you look at this compared to like, you know, the Xbox One's like disastrous announcement reveal or the PS3's first reveal. And those were both things that kind of like smacked of hubris. Like those were those were companies that were on top and thought they could do no wrong. And they came out and they're like, 
you'll buy it. What else are you going to do? This doesn't feel like it should have gone out at all. It feels almost just like, oops, we actually set this live by accident. Crap, you know? Like, <laughs> and it's, yeah, you this, know, yeah, go ahead. It feels like a product of miscommunication. That's what yep, I think. Exactly. Like, I, again, I think the, the presentation itself was great. I learned a lot. Um, a lot of it, obviously, I didn't understand, but um, I think that from a consumer standpoint, it, it, it felt like it sh someone should have said, hey, 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 hold up. We've got this massive audience just sitting here hungry for anything. Why are we going in with this? Why is this the first like bullet out of the gun, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Max was saying, it felt like the, la the last few generations where we've seen stumbles have been from a point of hubris. And we've talked about whether Sony's in a hubristic state again. And Max, I, I agree with you at this point. This isn't a, an act of hubris. This is an act of what do we do? Yeah. Sort of like they clearly haven't put out the roadmap, at least, mm -hmm. you know, across all of Sony, because obviously there are devs working on games they could probably talk about. There are partnerships they could talk about, but we haven't got any of that yet. And I, I do want to keep the ball rolling just on a couple of the things uh, Cerny did talk about just to get into some more concrete stuff. And we'll get to the Teraflop discussion as sort of the wrap up. But before that, I want to talk Ooh, about- Oh, I can't YouTube. wait for the Teraflop discussion. The Teraflop talk. Uh, welcome to TT on Beyond. Uh, no, we're going to talk first about the 3D audio thing. Because I do, that was one of the most interesting aspects to me, even though a lot of it was theoretical and we'll get into the ear photo and video request that he made like he was slipping into our dms but um <laughs> the idea of 3d audio being such a big deal this generation does excite me like i do i the more and more as games have gone on the more i do care about the way audio of a world is conveyed and how much that can suck you into a world and i do like the idea that that is in like built in major important factor for this console what did you guys think about that talk lucy yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was fascinating. Uh, I, I was a little, I did a double take when he was talking about sending in photos of your ear. Cause I was sort of like, listen, you know, when you get into a kind of Zen like state, when you're listening to a lecture and then suddenly the professor says something really like off the wall, bizarre, and you're sort of shocked into like, what, what, what? Um, but no, I think, I think that like, as you mentioned before, Dono, it's really cool to, have a hardware developer talking about audio as a as a primary focus because so often when we think of next gen uh we think of um yeah like graphics i mean so often that sort of graphics and yeah like loading speeds and and and, and raw power and we just don't th think about things like um how is the next generation of audio going to sound uh i think that was Aside from the SSD speed stuff, which I thought was really exciting as well, uh, that was definitely the most interesting part of that talk to me. Um, I'm actually getting a freelancer to do a more thorough breakdown on that, that 3D audio. So it can, we can get a little bit more translation for the layman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something like um, if you, you know, obviously when you use VR, Oculus Quest, PSVR and stuff like that, but also playing like first person shooters, games like Fortnite and stuff like that, when you... Like oh, the spatial, massive. yeah, the spatial awareness of hearing like tiptoeing, you know, um, adds a tension that that you don't really think about when you're mostly playing any other game. And the interesting thing is that like the concurrent movements happening right now is if you look at stuff like Nintendo Switch and iOS, I think most people don't even turn the music on sometimes. They don't even put sound on. They're just playing video games, something casually, something to distract them. Um, and so in a lot of ways, like game audio is actually being sort of in a decline 
in other in like iOS gaming, mobile gaming is like some of the most you know popular platforms on earth to play video games. Most people don't play with sound whatsoever. Um, but to see console gaming take that seriously and take the next step uh, really, really kicks ass. And I really want that to become like an integral part of, of uh, developers telling their stories here. Yeah, I agree. And one other thing that I'd love to add is that um, as someone who, and again, I'm always bringing it back to my like niche little passions, but like, you know, as someone who loves horror games, uh, the thought of playing something like Alien Isolation, for example, with that kind of audio, mm -hmm. Uh, something akin to Alien Isolation uh, is just, it is a next, it is exactly that, it's a next step. Like, mm -hmm. it will change everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how this sort of plays out in terms of, like, obviously this wasn't the big, huge consumer explanation thing. I'm curious how much of the 3D audio stuff will play into their uh, marketing with the actual console moving forward, because it is something that is so, so hard to, like, really properly convey. Um, I mean, I think even with, even if you're showing, um, you know, like a trailer for a game and you're being like, here's what it looks like with and without HDR and it's sort of like simulated or being like, hey, this is a 1080p trailer, but the game's going to run in 4K at 60 frames a second. Trust us. You know, you can kind of like, you can kind of do the math on that, but audio is something that is like, if everyone has like a different living room setup or you're using different types of, I'm using, I'm, I love the irony of discussing this on like a, a laggy hiccupy like discord call and i'm using headphones that came with the iphone 5 uh but that kind of lends to my point like if they reveal something where they're like hey we're, we're talking about 3d audio and i'm like you know listening to it from these or from like a phone speaker like i'm gonna have to use my imagination and really kind of trust it's kind of emperor's new clothes scenario where you're like i mean i think well i was about to say i think it'll play well in theaters but i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we have those anymore um but yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's a, that's a good that's a good venue for something like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. It's it's you know, the, this is the issue that we face. Uh, sort of that they marketing any tech. I mean, VR is one of those things nobody understood until they wore it. Same with the you know waggling the the Wiimote, um, you know, touching a Nintendo 3DS screen or, or DS screen or something like that. Like, there's so many things that like they don't really make sense. And we're also we're you know we're 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 going to go spend six hundred dollars on consoles based on you know, tiny videos that we watch on our phones for the most part. Like this is how a lot of people consume information now. Um, there is a lot of sort of just like, you know, shoot first, ask questions later, or like, you know, leap with blind faith here. But I, I do think that these things will pay off um, or at least they'll be the kind of things that you don't really get until you sit down and you use them. And then once you do, you're like, I don't even know how I ever lived without that. Yeah. And yeah. I think the difference between this, you know, this, this kind of audio, uh, and perhaps something like VR is that, you know, VR is kind of like an, a sidestep to, like, it's an addition to this current generation of, of, of consoles and of, of, of gaming, uh, whereas this feels the way that it was described this morning. It feels very much like this is the next step. It's not going to go back. You're not going to go back from here. It's a forward step that is inevitable. And, like, it's going to happen no matter if we want it or not. And I love that because it's, it's so exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, and I I love the way he talked about how built into the system essentially in the hardware behind it is the idea that there will be sort of six different levels that devs will be able to pull from to sort of prioritize how sound and it's just everything in general is being pushed to the player and obviously like having that level of flexibility so that they don't have to sacrifice the game's speed and how it's being run and how it's pulling data and all that stuff sounds so intricate and so incredible and it, again it is things where it's like it sounded great here i can't wait to see the actual practical 
application of it. Um, and so moving into the last bit of this, let's talk about sort of the mix of the solid state drive, which we've heard a bit about before and the teraflop number. And Lucy, I did want to start with you on this one since we have a feature in the works on this specifically about mm-hmm. the idea that the number of teraflops given to us is less than the Xbox Series X number of teraflops. Yeah. And instantly, obviously that means the PS5 will be bad, correct? <laughs> Uh, of course, no, that is absolutely what it means. Um, yeah, it's interesting because uh, Microsoft has really pushed this this narrative and, and, and so they should. I mean, it's the, the Xbox Series X looks incredibly technically impressive, uh, that, but the narrative has been pushed that teraflops are kind of the be-all and end-all of power, like the central kind of number that we should hang everything off. And in that regard... Uh, the Xbox Series X, if you just looked at the, the numbers side by side with PlayStations, would be 18% more powerful than the PlayStation. But that yeah. doesn't take into consideration a lot of uh, other things. So, for example, uh, clock speed, the uh, Xbox Series X has a, a lower clock speed than the PlayStation. And Mark Cerny was arguing that that it could potentially, you know, having a higher clock speed could add to performance. So there are all these other little nuances that we're not factoring in when we just look at a straight number. Uh, this yeah. is, you know, this is not to say that I don't think that the Xbox Series X is going to be insanely powerful. It absolutely For is. Sure. Um, but I don't think that we should immediately write off uh, how a PlayStation 5 is actually going to perform based on that number. Yeah, uh, Jeff Grubb at GamesBeat put together sort of like raw stats side by side and yeah, if you were just looking at them like one number is bigger than another number, um, the Xbox wins in, in a lot of columns. But then there's a couple of other pro- like things like the process on the Xbox Series X is TSMC 7NM enhanced. And on PS5, it's not not applicable. And you're like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> and so smarter people will break that down. But uh, yeah, th- th- it seems like it's going to be a thing like it's not just that one's faster than the other. It's it's also that, you know, uh, some of them are, like the PS5 has a, a better SSD technically, less teraflops. And so will it be able to make up for it in those departments? We really won't know in a lot of ways until we're actually seeing just like pure raw gameplay running on both consoles side by side, hypothetically something that's third party. Um, and even then it's it's going to be tough to tell because you'll you won't really know like who got what dev kits when um that said removing all of the nonsense uh the current generation that we're in now began with many 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 sony fans telling xbox fans that they had the weaker system and so if we got to deal with that for a few months we've earned it because (laughs) that's the way it works Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that, like, again, uh, I can only speak sort of partially to this. Please, please, please check out IGN.com. We have a piece up called uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X Teraflops Aren't the Only Measure of Power. It's by our tech freelancer, Whitson Gordon, one of our greatest tech freelancers. Um, and it really goes down into kind of how many variables there are when we've just got these numbers without actually having them side by side. And honestly, the only way we're actually going to be able to tell is when we've got them side by side physically. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Even and, that and like can, I said before, yeah. Uh, even that can sort of shift over time too. Like I remember with the, the 360 PS3 era, like the PS3 was like 
you know, quantifiably more powerful if you did the weird mental gymnastics with cell right. processing and everything. And it launched like the the sort of first party stuff was like incredible graphics. And then gradually developers got the hang of using the 360 better. And it would be like, oh, wait, no, the 360 version looks and runs better because I don't, not everyone knew how to crack into the, what the PS3 had under the hood. Like I remember yeah. I think it was specifically that like the Activision Ghostbusters game to go back to English Egon, but like, that was one of the first ones where like looking at the 360 and PS3 side by side, you were like, oh, that's odd, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, or Skyrim, right? Like oh, that God. was the, that was the big definitive one on PS3. And I think that that was the sort of, you know, pie in the sky takeaway from today um, was Mark Cerny reiterating, like, this is going to be easy to develop for um, people will be able to bring their games here uh, in, in a, much smoother fashion than maybe they had been used to in the past. But yeah, that's going to be a case by case example. It's again why you know why we do graphics comparisons, why sites like Digital Digital Foundry exist because even if the specs are completely parallel, you're going to have a lot of case by case situations where somebody launches Elder Ring and it's better on the Series X and then you know the the next game is is worse on the Series X and it's just it's it's going to be hard to keep track of. So I think for the average consumer, it's going to be about exclusives, like it always has been. Um, but yeah, it's we're this is this is it's going to be another war. It's but I also, be another- I, I also think that you know we we are discounting uh, because it was a very developer focused talk. We're kind of. I think one really important thing that that Cerny said was that this machine is going to be really easy to develop on. And that that sort of speaks to all the rumors that I'd heard about the PlayStation 5 before this presentation, that it was a very powerful machine that like developers are absolutely loving right now. Uh, and I think that's really important when looking towards the future, especially when it comes to, um, I know the audience is going to roll their eyes when I say this, but especially when it comes to cool, like, you know, indie games, experimental games, like we could be seeing some really interesting, fun stuff being built on this machine that we may not be seeing elsewhere. Well, I was actually, I just jumped back into um, Infamous Second Son um, to sort of prep for Tsushima. And I love how the first thing you have to do in that game is use the DualShock 4 as a spray paint can to like, you have to shake it up and then like pretend you're spray painting stencils. And then you proceed to use the touchpad to like open doors and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's totally gimmicky and tacked on. And I can't wait to see what like, what new stupid thing that they're like, Oh, you've got to find the invisible monster by using the 3D audio to listen for him growling or what? Like whatever, what what stupid first party things are going to have that like shoehorned in there? It's going to be great. This yeah, current, the, this oh, cur- yeah, this current gen started with me yelling at my Xbox. Remember that? <laughs> like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Things, yeah. things change, you know. Like, yeah, uh, Usher wished everybody a Merry Christmas on Xbox, mm-hmm. and it ruined a thousand consoles. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, Lucy, to your point, I do think it was exciting at the beginning of the talk, Cerny said, like by their estimations, presumably of devs who have had dev kits so far, it's taking under a month for devs to get used to handling development on the PS5, which is even less than the PS4, which was a month to two months. And that is way less than what it was on the PS3, which I think he said could even get into sort of like six months uh, or higher territory. So knowing that that is at least the experience so far devs have been having, and there have been a couple of devs who presumably broke some sort of embargo or NDA on Twitter, a couple of people from id Software and whatnot, talking about how much they are liking what they've experienced with the PS5 so far. So I think it's clear that 
like in generations past, at the end of the day, they will probably be roughly similar and it will come down to how devs use that technology, the games that are there and sort of the experiences we get as the road continues. Totally. Um, but yeah, a, a question we got a lot and so I don't want to uh, sort of as we wrap this up is what does Sony do next? We obviously, I think, can all agree this isn't what was the best move to do at this point in the PR cycle of the PS5, but this is what they did. So knowing what Xbox has done, knowing Xbox has said they were going to have an E3 presentation, we'll see what they do now. What do we think Sony needs to do next and when? What? Okay, it has been so long since PlayStation has done one of these that I've actually forgotten the name. What is their version State of, of the direct? State of Play. Yeah. That's right. Uh, uh, beginning I, of December or so, yeah, was the last one. Yeah, I think that um, that's what we need next. I think that... Uh, we basically just need something very, 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 again, like I use this word a lot, but theatrical when it comes yeah. to consumer-facing marketing. Like it needs to be splashy. We need to see, we need to see the physical box. We need like gameplay. We need, we need to see it in motion. We need to see the loading times be completely eliminated. Like people want to be, thrilled at this point because you can't I, I don't think we can actually the audience can deal with another dry kind of presentation or another wired article like I think at this point we need the sort of the marketing wheels to start turning proper yep yep uh I I went back and watched some of the uh the original like Nintendo Switch reveal recently um because right. I was I was just sort of thinking it's like oh it's been three years like you know what's how 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 did that how did they convey what that thing was after putting out something <laughs> that they were incapable of conveying, which was the Wii U? Um, I was like, I was kind of like taken aback at a sort of how uh, top level it was. It was very much like aimed for casual gamers and stuff like that, and there was some like Zelda stuff in there too. But I think one of the interesting things about it was it was a good mix of hardware software and developers talking about why they love it. And I think that that's like the kind of thing that they need that perfect sort of like balance of right now, which is like show a little bit of tech, you know, get show me what I'm actually gonna be paying for, what's gonna sit underneath my TV for the next seven years, and then show me what I'm gonna be playing, and then show me why I should care. And like having, even having like Suda51 come out uh, at the Switch thing and talk about how, why he likes it, was already got my brain thinking like, oh, I like his games. I, I I have an idea what he could be doing with this new hardware, what he could be doing with the controllers, what he could be doing with audio, blah, 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 blah. I think that's what they need right now is that sort of like that perfect triangle of just like hardware, software, and people who are actually working on it who, who care. Agreed. Max, any wrap up? Yeah, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, these are these are machines that you get to have fun with, you know? Like it's not a like if you're a game developer, it's it's a thing you use for for business purposes. But otherwise, it's like these are supposed to be for entertainment. It is again. It is. I think it was uh, Rick Elder in our chat says more play less station. It's good, <laughs> good way of putting it. Well said. Yeah. Well, well said. Um, and I think we're actually running a little short on time, if I'm not mistaken. From our we're we're fine apparently. Uh, from our secret producer. So uh, I do want to wrap up then a bit sort of. Obviously, we're all at home, but we're still doing, you know, our jobs and everything right now. We're doing the show. We're doing a lot of other shows, a lot of other stuff on IGN because apparently the games industry uh, has not stopped working. So uh, with all of that in mind, though, what have you 
playing? What have you been up to? Obviously, we're looking to play Infamous Second Son this month, as Max had mentioned, because we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive later this month. But in addition to that or that, like, what have you guys been playing? Uh, Max, I'll start with you. That, uh, yeah, I, I downloaded that. I think it's like 15 or 20 bucks on, uh, on PSN. And it's um, the cool thing is they went in and they added a PS4 Pro patch, which I didn't even, I don't even remember hearing about, but it's, uh, it is gorgeous. Uh, it's got full HDR and, you know, like it's all, it's all pretty and stuff. And it's, I don't know, I'm jumped into that. It's, it's great. Running around blowing stuff up. <laughs> uh, Brian, what about you? I just started Doom, but uh, because it shares a birthday with another uh, giant game that I'm completely obsessed with right now, I haven't gotten very far because I'm working on my virtual home and talking to the animals. <laughs> you can hear more about that on Nintendo Voice Chat next week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I am a fair <laughs> bit into Doom Eternal. I'm loving it. It is a very, very, very... Uh, good game to be playing right now in the current climate where you just like we're all sort of stuck inside and we have no kind of uh way to get you know a lot of mental energy out <laughs> the best uh -huh. way it. um it's kind of the perfect game for that time it's like it's a beautiful sort of continuation of 2016's doom uh like it does that brilliant kind of uh, dance where there's you, you're so it's so bloody and so violent and you've got such a wonderful way to express yourself through violence um it becomes kind of zen-like and like a dance you know and that's what doom 2016 did so well and this one is a, a continuation of that so i'm absolutely loving it i really recommend for those of you stuck inside which is probably hopefully all of you at this point uh to give it a spin because it's it's a great time yeah, I'm really excited to jump into that one. Uh, and yeah, I've also been playing if get the trophy, so I'm playing on Expert and being a bad man, which I don't like doing uh, in those games, but I'm having to just mercilessly murder everyone. Uh, and of course, still playing Fortnite all the time. They just added helicopters, which I'm terrible at driving, like in every other video game I've ever played. Uh, but they have a new mode that is very fun and very fast-paced that I've been really enjoying in this whole like spies theme that they've been doing for this season. So that, of course, is still part of my daily life. But uh, yeah, we're starting to get into crazy release season. Uh, we didn't have time to hit that news, but there's going to be a Resident Evil uh, Resistance, Project Resistance beta at the end of the month. I believe it's the same weekend as the Predator Hunting Grounds open beta is happening. So there's going to be a lot to play toward the end of this month. And of course, we're getting into RE3 and FF7 remake territory. So we'll have a lot to talk about uh, until we learn PS5 games. We have a lot of PS4 games to actually talk about. So that'll be really fun for the weeks to come. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to you know, keep doing this from our homes. Uh, before we wrap up, I did want to just briefly read one memory card. Um, this memory card was sent in for reference before all of the shut-in effects took place, so they didn't just rogue take a flight and meet up with a bunch of people when they weren't supposed to. But uh, this week's memory card, which is our weekly segment where you, the listeners and viewers, write in with your favorite wacky, weird, happy, sad, whatever memories of your gaming life, and we read them on the show. Uh, Tristan wrote in, and Tristan said, hello there. Video games have always brought me closer to my friends and have made uh, my friend group even larger. 12 years ago, I made a friend on Xbox 360 playing GTA 4. I started becoming friends with his friends and their friends. Now we play PC together. A group of us play Rainbow Six Siege almost every night. Earlier this year for a friend's birthday, some of us pitched money in to fly me out. They live in West Virginia and I'm in Southern California. It was a wonderful experience meeting people I have known for so long on the internet. Some I have known for over a decade, while others I have known for the past couple of years. 
it is weird and wonderful that I probably have more people on my friends list on Facebook that I know through these people than I do in my hometown. Video games and the internet are truly special. Both have improved my life in so many ways, which is why I hope to make it a career. Thank you for reading, Tristan. Uh, that's a beautiful oh, story and a reminder of how the world used to be. <laughs> um, though I have really appreciated, you know, been leaning into playing games together online. Uh, I've seen people do Skype or Google Hangout uh, Jackbox parties, which is great. Um, so there are obviously a lot of avenues you can to still play games, and there are a lot of games for us to be talking about. Let yes, me yes. quickly plug, we have a piece going up tomorrow. Uh, we got the entire IGN uh, editorial staff and a lot of the video staff to basically write down a list of all their favorite games to play when stuck at home. It's a, it's a really massive list, and like it's really diverse, which I, which I love. So please check that out tomorrow. That'll be going out sometime tomorrow. And um, yeah, give us a shout if you end up playing any of the games on that list because um, that will warm my heart. Yeah. Any, I, also, any... I also do want to mention um, Bloodborne, which is a video game. If you guys haven't played it, you should check it out. Uh, we legally are required to Had mention to it every single week. No, uh, no, Max and I made a video that I think we're putting up tomorrow or the next day. Uh, which is uh, 55 things that Bloodborne has in, crossing, uh, has in common with Animal Crossing. And somehow it works. It works. Perfect. It, it came out surprisingly well. Um, also, if you're watching this live right now, first of all, thank you. Uh, also, yes. in uh, uh, at an hour and a half, uh, hop over to the main IGN channel, and we're going to be doing uh, uh, News, Games, and More, which is our uh, week daily sort of news roundup show where we get four or five people to just Skype in and chat for a while. That's at uh, four o'clock Pacific time on all the various live IGN channels. And Dorno, you're going to be on uh, console watch, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're still doing next gen console watch our weekly X series X and PS five show, which obviously a lot to talk about this week. So we're going to be doing that. That show normally airs Friday mornings, I believe 6am PT roughly around there. So what that new episode will be coming with Ryan McCaffrey. Yes, we're really a uh, knockout, awful battle of the the puns that we can come up with since we're remote and can't actually throw punches. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're still doing that show. And as Max said, I'm on a couple weeks, uh, days a week, but News Games and More is every day uh, of the week. We're still going to be doing that. We're still going to be doing this show, all of our other podcasts, and as much as we possibly can from our homes. So if you did join us live, thank you so much for joining us live. If you're listening in audio form or watching the video version after it's gone live, thank you for watching this episode as well well we'll be back with more in the weeks to come obviously talking about all the new games and hopefully maybe a bit of playstation 5 news or at least a new game we can talk about here and there but otherwise you can find us all on ign.com youtube.com slash ign and youtube.com slash ign beyond throughout the weeks um, my twitter handle is at jm dornbush lucy is at Luce O'Brien. brian is at agent bizzle and max is at max scoville uh, and obviously you can follow us if you haven't already at uh, youtube.com slash Beyond or on your favorite podcast services and you'll get uh, the new episodes right as they air. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and or watching this episode. And as always, Beyond. 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 Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwein, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.